Get in the book. Face the book. You got time for Facebook? Then you got to have time to face the book. You got to get in the Word of God. Amen? Come on, guys. I said you got to get in the Word of God. Isn't it funny that every answer that you need Every problem you face in life is right there in that Bible. And what we want to do is go ask somebody to look in there for us. How about we do that ourselves? Let's get in the word of God, live the word of God, let the word of God come alive inside of you. Amen. Grab your Bible. Let's stand together one more time. Hold the Bible up in the air. Make a confession with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. (laughs) From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God one more praise. Amen. I don't know why, but we got there today. I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. And I thought, dear Lord, let's say that one more time. Let's be teachable. Come on, guys. Let's be teachable. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things, things which thou knowest not. Some translations put it this way. Call me. I'll answer you. I'll show you hidden things, secret things, fenced in things, things you couldn't possibly know. Guys. I mean, come on now. This is God inviting you to call him. And he's going to answer. God is going to answer your call. You can't call the president. You can't call Oprah. But you got God saying he'll answer you. You know what? You got good friends that you can't get them to pick up. Right? I mean, some of you guys... You know, you're like me. You're going down the road, phone rings. You look at it. You call her ID in them. I do that all the time. It depends on what's going on, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Hey, remember the day when we didn't really have access to telephones all the time? I remember, you know, I kind of feel sorry for our kids because we grew up in an era when you could actually make prank phone calls and nobody knew who it was. (laughs) Remember that? Is Is your refrigerator running? Better go catch it. (laughs) Do that now and they just call you back. Oops. You know, God's saying, call me and I'll show you stuff. You couldn't possibly know. It's obvious you don't know it. Look at how you're living. Come on, guys. I need need you to hear me today. you, You need to have an open mind and a teachable spirit. See, the reason we don't call God is because we're under the impression we know it all. We live like he couldn't, God couldn't tell us nothing. Thank you for that incredible response. We live live as if God couldn't teach us anything. If he says something to us, we show him why that's not right. Oh, that don't work. That was back in the day. But, you know, hey, get, get current. You know, it, we're not expected to, 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 you know, agree with that now. That was then, and we're in a different culture and a different society. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of something I can pick on and not offend anybody. And here we are in church, the easiest people on the planet to offend. And it, it's a dilemma for me. 
So how about I just don't care? Okay, I'll go with that. So, you know, God surely understands that in today's society, in today's culture, it's okay to just live together. You can't get God's result doing it your way. It ain't okay to live together. God, God, God says that, you know, that the, that the bed is reserved for marriage. So it ain't that he's trying to keep you from having fun or feeling good or enjoying yourself. It's that he knows the pain and the, and, and the product of, of living outside his guideline. He knows what it's going to produce in your life. He's trying to protect you from destroying the future that you're headed into. There are some things in the word of God that we have got to realize that God knows more than I know. And so when his word is coming alive inside of me, it's actually going to change me. I'm not going to change him. He's going to change me so that I can live the life in abundance to the full till it overflows that he called me to live. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief came to mess you up. I came to give you life in abundance to the full till it overflows. I came to give you Zoe life, more life than problems. The life I want to give you is a life that swallows up the storm that has been paralyzing you. I want to connect you to something so infused with power. Isn't it crazy that most of us are willing to live a life that is so much less than what God's word said he could produce? Faith, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word. But many of us, we're not hearing the word. We're arguing with the word. We're justifying why the word ain't working. We would rather say the word don't work than to admit we live wrong. You might not be running from God, but you're certainly out of breath. It's hard to keep up at this pace. See, we don't have any confidence in the word of God. We don't have any confidence in our faith. We know the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Amplified Bible says in Hebrews, it says the just shall live by faith and in his faithfulness. In his faithfulness. What is that? That's just to keep doing the last thing you were told to do. Just keep doing it. Just keep living that lifestyle. The just live by faith. Hey, this is how we do it. We live according to the word of God. The word of God, we don't get to do whatever we want. We get to do whatever he said. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Now, I can't do anything I want, but I can do anything he said. I got to live by that word. See, you have an enemy that is very sharp, and he knows how to attack your lifestyle of faith. He knows how to, how, how to dismantle your faith, how to rip from your grip the very possession that God's placed within your hand so that you lose the promise of God and then blame it on God. And to come against you, I don't know how many people uh, uh, that, that, that I've dealt with that, uh, and, and you too, that, you know, that are, they're, they're standing on a promise, but just a few days later, they've caved in, given up and quit because, well, it just isn't producing the result that, that, that he said, I guess God's word doesn't work. 
and they lose their confidence. Isn't it funny that many, many people that you and I both know, they have more confidence in your prayer than they have in their own. They run to you to get you to pray for them because they're believing in your prayer. It's not a biblical principle that, that, they come to, that they come to us often. And, you know, the Bible says, if any two of you agree on earth is touching anything whatsoever, they shall ask my name, I'll give it. So there's a biblical principle to connect. But that, they're not coming based off of that principle. They're coming because my prayers don't work. The same power that raised Christ from the dead has now taken up residency in you. Paul, Paul got it. He, he said, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who infuses me with an inner strength. He understood that, hey, you know what, this is, this is the guy that had a past, a man. He, he, he had a past and he had some history and it wasn't all that pretty. But he said, God is infusing me with an inner strength. There's some, see, your victory, your victory is in Christ Whatever is born of God is victorious, not will be, not could be, is victorious over the world. Whatever is born of God. See, it, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It, it ain't you. See, the enemy has the ability to show you your past failures and shortcomings and the times that you've fallen and, and, and get you focused there. And, you, and we don't only do that in our own life. We do it with everyone around us. We, we see how they measure up and then we realize that they are... They, they're lacking. But the reality is, is that my faith isn't in me. My faith is in his word. Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. The just shall live by faith. Well, I guess I'm not justified. I'm not righteous because of these things. You're not righteous because of that stuff in your past. Hey, you couldn't be any more righteous if you are in Christ. Hear me today. If the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life, it, it, it didn't hide your sin. It wiped it out. And, and the, the reality is, is that if God declares you righteous, you ought not argue with God about your righteousness. You ain't ever going to be any more righteous than you are right now. Now, you might have issues that God's dealing with. I'm sure you do. But when God looks at you, he ain't really looking at you. He's looking at Christ in you. If any man be in Christ, he is a new species altogether. The old thing has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Hello, fresh and new. It, it, ain't, it ain't me. It ain't you. It's Christ in you. Separated from Jesus, you're doomed. You are not good enough. But in Christ, man, you're righteous. And if you're righteous, blameless, holy in the sight of God, you've been justified by Christ. Now there's a way to live. The just shall live by faith, by the word of God. Faith cometh by the word of God. Faith is the word of God. I got to live by the word of God. The enemy's trying to tear apart your confidence in the word. God's asking you, why don't you build that confidence up? Why don't you increase the confidence that you have in the word? Check this out. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Most of us can quote these scriptures now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. Notice that faith is sandwiched between the words now and is. Faith is now. Now faith is. It ain't going to be, and it ain't was. It is. So if you're not in the present tense, you're actually out of faith. 
if you're under the impression that someday you will be healed, hope that works for you. The Bible says, I is healed. Might not be the best English, but it making a point. I is healed. If you're hoping that someday you can have victory, no, you is victorious. Because faith is now. Well, I don't, I don't see any victory. Right. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. We live by the word of God. See, God declared the end at the beginning, and if you don't see the end yet, that just means that you're not at the end, you're in the middle. So you can't cave, up, cave in, you know, give up and quit in the middle. If you expect to see the end, you just go all the way to the end. That's what faith is. That's why, that's why this isn't for the, you know, the, the spiritually weenified people. Now, you, you, you can't be a sissy and do this. You've got to get big boy pants on, and you've got to get a teachable spirit. Hello? You've got to get an open mind and a teachable spirit. Why? Because the thought life that you've had, the belief systems that you've possessed, man, they're blocking the promise of God from being produced in your life. So you, you're going to have to have a new one. Hello, somebody. Faith is now. You, remember, uh, who should I say sent me? Who, who asked that? Moses. Who, who, who shall I say sent me? He said, tell him I am. I am. Tell him the I am that I am sent you. Not the I will be or the I was, but the I am. I'm right now. What do you need me to be? That's what I am. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am sent you. Well, when the I am says I is, then I is what I am said I is. Right? You, you, come on, guys. Well, that seems a little weird to me. That doesn't seem normal. Exactly. Because normal ain't what I'm after. I don't, guys, listen to me. It, it, honestly, See, anybody, anybody, if they just get, get up the nerve, can do church. You, we, we can get a bunch of people in a room, you know, play some guitar, sing some songs, get up and preach, lay hands on each other. We can even get Holy Ghost goosebumps. Anybody can do church. Victory outside of here is yet another story. See, you, you can come here and, ooh, holy, 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 and fight. All week long. You can live a messed up existence. You know what's sad is that the majority of believers today, man, they don't walk in victory. They're bitter, broken, bleeding, upset. They're mad, angry. You know, in here they get breakthrough, but on the way to the car, they're going to kill somebody. Hello? Hello? They take a promise of God. Isaiah 32, 18, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. That is my scripture. And then the kids come home. And we lose it. Right? Any, any challenge, any challenge, and we step back and we say, see, it don't work. Why? Well, because the enemy has chipped away at your confidence. Now faith, what's faith? Faith is the word of God. Faith is right now. But it is the substance of, of things hoped for. It is the substance, that word substance, listen to this, let me find this for you. Substance, uh, that's the Greek word is hypostasis. It is a thing that is placed under another thing. It is the substructure, the base, the foundation, or the ground. It is the confidence or the assurance. The word of God is the foundation 
that I'm using to stand upon, that the things hoped for will be brought into the realm of things seen. See, it is the confidence. You got to ask yourself, what are you standing on? You know, when you go to Safeway, you go down the cake aisle. Sometimes I just walk down the cake aisle just to look at the pictures. Because I like, I like cake. Can't always have cake, but I can look at the pictures. And you know what? You get that box down off the shelf, you find the one that you like, and, and you see the color frosting, you can go to a can and buy the perfect frosting. So you grab the can of frosting, you know that in the box you, there's everything you need except eggs and milk, so you go down to the dairy aisle, you get the eggs and the milk. You carry that around with you everywhere you go for the rest of your life, and you tell people, I've got cake. No, you don't. You ain't got cake. Trust me, I know cake. That ain't cake. That's cake mix. Ain't long to them eggs you carry in. They ain't good no more. That milk is a mess. And even though you have everything required to make cake, you ain't got cake. Stick a spoon in there, eat some of that without following the recipe, and it's nasty. And that's what a lot of people got. They got the recipe and the ingredients for a victorious life of faith. But what life looks like, tastes like, feels like, smells like, nasty. And then we say, see, it don't work. What do you mean it don't work? You ain't made the cake. Well, I, I, I believe. No, you don't. You can get into an argument here. I believe. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. I believe. What is the remedy for someone dying of thirst? Come on, somebody, shout it out. What's the remedy? Wrong. Drinking water. Guy can die of thirst swimming. You're dying of thirst, you can't look at water. You got to drink the stuff. Well, I believe if I drink that water, I won't die. Plop. What happened to him? He dead. Why? Because he believed. He just didn't drink. You lay in a hospital bed believing that God's going to heal you. You're going to die. You can stay in a home that's disrupted and believe that God's going to heal your relationship. You're still getting divorced. You can believe that God can supply all your needs and still go broke. Why? Because you ain't really believing. We're under the impression that mental assent equals belief. No, it don't. Every action is a manifestation of a belief system. Not every thought. Every action. If you don't ever get past thoughts, if you don't ever make it to the realm of choices, which uh, will produce the actions, you ain't got faith. You got mental assent. You know, you might be correct, but you're just not complete. Something's got to be added there. See, you, if, if I asked a, a trick question, so don't respond. I could do this, but I won't because I'm a really nice guy. But if I asked a trick question, said, how many of you believe reading the Bible every day is vital to Christian victory? You'd raise your hands. All of us. We believe. If we instantly could ask how many of you read your Bible every day and we not be a bunch of liars, the hand raise count would be totally different than when we ask, do you believe reading the Bible is important? Vital. Why? Because the ones that don't read the Bible every day don't really believe it's vital. Because if you believed it was vital, you'd do it. See, you say, well, no, I'm just busy. I don't have time. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If you believed it, you'd do it. 
Now, you might just simply need to have a teachable spirit so that God can speak to you and inform you how desperate you are for his word. It's all right, but you might as well get honest. Say, well, no, I don't really believe that. How many of you believe that you should do what God's word tells you to do? Careful, is this another trick question? It is. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I asked you, how many of you believe everything God says? You sing it, I believe all you say. I believe, we sing it, all you say, have your way. Okay, tithe. Never mind. <laughs> oh, thank God it's second service and we're almost out of time. Hallelujah. Faith, faith, the word of God is the foundation, the confidence, the assurance. God's word, see, here's the deal. When you got born again, you had the whole book. Let me show you how the enemy works. You had the whole book. And you were reading it, and you, and you, I mean, you got God's word, and it's huge, man, God's word. It, have you ever done a study on a particular thing, and, and pretty soon you realize that, man, the whole Bible's about this one subject. You, you know, the you know, different scriptures, that one connects to this one, and this one connects to those, and those connect to this, and oh, praise God. See, what the enemy does is he likes to chisel away at your confidence, your foundation. So that pretty soon you ain't got much to stand on. Because he'll get you to say that that part of the scripture isn't for today. And what you forget to recognize is that that part of the scripture is connected to that part, which is connected to these parts, which is connected to those parts, which is like the one that you like. You, you, you're not necessarily word people, your favorite word people, so you know certain things, right? And, and, you, and you, you've got your little bread box of promises, you know, your Holy Ghost fortune cookies, and you dump those out, and you go through them every now and then. You find one you really like. Put it on the refrigerator. You know, I, I, Isaiah, Isaiah 54, what is it, 18? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, thou shalt condemn, for this is the heritage of the children of the living God. Bless God, that's my scripture. No weapon formed against me. No weapon. And you actually go around quoting it and confessing it and getting into your heart. You're doing a good job. You just forgot Isaiah 54, 1, which says, Sing, O barren, sing, break forth into singing and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. That's how I break forth on the right hand and on the left. You don't know verse 1. You know verse 18. You don't realize that in order to get verse 18, you've got to do verse 1. So when you don't feel like singing, you've got to sing anyways. Why? Because God said to. Not because you want to. Not because you feel like it, but because God said to. When it ain't looking like you got what you want, you just start thanking him for what you got. Well, I ain't got it. Yes, you did, because faith is right now. So you ain't barren. You is productive. So act like it. Well, I can't act like it. I ain't, got, I ain't, got, I ain't seeing no, no, no production. God says, quit acting like you feel or acting what it looks like. Act what I said. But how come Isaiah 54, 18 don't work? Because you don't do Isaiah 54, 1. But since you don't like verse 1, you throw that one away, and all you're left with is verse 18. So now, instead of having this great foundation to stand on, you got one little tiny spot for which to stand yourself. Ever watch Survivor? In Survivor, they have different challenges, and, and one of them, they, they take this pole, it's about 30 feet long, and, 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 and it's in water, it's out, in the, you know, it's just, just into the water, and it cut, sticks up out of the water about 20, 30 feet, and there's a little, little thing on top about the size of this, and, and they have them stand on that, and the one that stands there the longest, they win that challenge. And what happens is that you're standing there, and at first it ain't too bad. And everybody's looking around going, I got this. <laughs> I'm a winner. Then the wind starts to blow. 
Woohoo! The tide shifts. That pole's moving like this now. People who don't even get seasick are getting seasick standing on a pole. Time has a way of causing your muscles to begin to react and the heat beating down on you. And pretty soon, what was so easy at the beginning ain't all that easy. I'm starting to cramp up. My legs hurt. I'm sweating. The tide shifts. The environment's changing. And all I got is that little tiny thing to stand on. See, that's what the enemy's done to you. I would have fallen right there. He's chipped away at your foundation. So now you ain't got any confidence because you got one verse. You ain't got no word to stand on. You have a word, but not the word. Because he has so efficiently ripped from your grip portions of the Bible. You've looked at your ability or, or the ability of others, the failures of others. You, you don't believe that if you do what God said that he'll produce what he promised. You're afraid that if you do, okay, let's take it to the house. You, you don't believe that if you treat your wife the way that God says to, that you'll have the home that God promised. Not, and, and to justify that wrong belief system, you won't blame it on God. You blame it on your spouse. Well, uh, if I did what God said, I know she wouldn't. So you have shifted your trust from God to a person that you know ain't good enough on their own. Look at your neighbor and say, dummy. <laughs> Some of you are afraid to do it. I don't want to say that to them. They might smack me in the mouth. Don't you realize that if you did what God said, he would produce what he promised? Don't, don't you realize that God has the ability to speak to your spouse? You, God and I ain't asking you to trust your spouse. He's asking you to trust him. Acts 16, 31 in the message says, put your entire trust on the master Jesus, then you'll live life the way you're supposed to, and your entire house too. Do you trust him? Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. He'll direct that path. Oh, well, the way I see it, see, the way you see it, that's messed up. Well, what do, you know, we get together in little pods and we ask each other, well, what, do, what, what does this scripture mean to you? Well, frankly, Scarlet, I don't want to know what it means to you. I want to know what he meant when he said it. Because what stuff means to you ain't getting the, pro the product that God promised. So I don't need to know what you think. I need to know what God thinks. And then I got to apply that to my life. Hebrews 10, 35 says, cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. For after you have done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. Don't fling away your confidence. Don't let go. Don't lose your grip on the confidence. What's the confidence? Well, confidence is faith. What's faith? Faith is the word of God. Don't let the enemy chip away at the word and leave you standing on one little tiny thing because in a minute the wind's going to blow and the, 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 the tide's going to shift and the sun's going to beat down and, and, the, and the wind and the rain and all of that stuff. You're going to get tired, man. You, need, you don't need a little teeny platform. You need a dance floor. So you can move around on that big, uh, on that baby and, and it demonstrate Satan's defeat. 
I don't have a word. I got the word of God, all of it. Now, the problem with all of it is that it starts messing with areas of your life that you hope God wouldn't mess with. But he needs you to take the entire word and change you entirely. You can't lose your grip on his word. Hello, somebody. I said, you can't lose. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You have need of patience. Patience. That means to remain the same all the way to the end. See, when you started, you had great faith. Somewhere along the journey, you changed. God's word didn't change. You did. Guys, guys, I hope you, I hope you can hear me today. I hope you can hear me. I, I know how, just gobs and gobs of people that, that they, they, they really think that they've tried faith and, and it didn't work. No, man, you didn't try faith and it didn't work. Faith kind of tried you and you wouldn't work. You gave up. You looked at the situation. You looked at stuff. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith, God's word, is the confidence that when you follow the recipe, you're going to get the picture. Faith is the confidence that when you take the cake mix and do what it says to do and spread the frosting, you're going to have cake. But you got to follow the recipe. You can't, you can't lose your grip. You know, one of the things I love about Jesus is that he's got a tremendous grip. He ain't letting go of you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's got a great grip. Go with me real quick. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 9. Doing all right? Check this out. Chapter 9, starting in verse 20. They brought a boy to Jesus. And when the spirit saw Jesus, at once it completely convulsed the boy. And he fell to the ground and kept rolling about, foaming at the mouth. That's how many of us act every time the spirit of God shows up. We have convulsions, right? We, we, we do everything we can to get away from that. I'll, I'll leave it alone. I could have a lot of fun with that right there, but I'm, let's go to verse 21. Jesus asked the father, how long has he had this? And he answered from the time he was a little boy. You've been like this a long time. Every time a certain subject comes up, you feel it. Somebody close to you begins to move in a certain direction. You'd, you'd isolate yourself now. Got some issues that you really don't want to deal with. Look at 22. It is often thrown in both into the fire and into the water. That, that attitude, that mentality, that belief system has burnt you, and there have been moments when it about drowned you, intending to kill you, to rob from you the life that Jesus came to give you. Look at what the Father said. If you can do anything, this is not a statement of faith. He did not say, since you can do anything. He said, if you can do anything, if there's anything, I doubt that there is. We've tried everything. Here's that attitude. Here's that attitude that we talked about in week one, right, of this series. Here's the attitude. Well, if you can do anything. Here's what I'd like. Could you have pity on us? Here's where many of us are. We don't really want biblical breakthrough. We want somebody to feel sorry for us. I don't want to be freed from the power of unforgiveness. I want somebody to agree with me that I'm right and they're wrong. 
Oh, we preaching now. Put the hankies down. We're going at it. We want somebody to comfort us in our moment of need. You know, what you need is to get smacked upside your head. You got so much pity that your journey as a Christ follower is pitiful. You ain't got victory. You got excuses. You ain't got power. You got pouting. You're not into shouting. You're into pouting. You don't shine. You whine. Having fun now. Could you just have pity on us? Could you just feel sorry for me? We get in groups of people who have suffered the same thing we have so that they'll agree with us. Turn my little light on, look around the room. Well, you don't understand. My spouse is an idiot. Well, look at who we married. Have pity on me. You don't need pity. You need powerful breakthrough. Look at what Jesus said in verse 23. Jesus turned his own words on him. Jesus said, you say to me if you can do anything, I can do anything. All things are possible to him that believe. Not that mental ascent, but really, really believe. If you'll act on what I say, it'll change everything. Look, Jesus starts talking to a guy who's asking for pity. Look at verse 24. Jesus makes one statement. At once, the father of the boy gave an eager, piercing, inarticulate cry with tears. And he said, Lord, I believe. He heard one word, one sentence from Jesus, word of God, one sentence. His confidence shifted. Oh, my God, somebody. If you could... Oh, Mark 4, 24 says, be careful how you hear now. Be careful with what you hear because the thought and study you give to the truth you hear is the power and virtue that's coming. Be careful now. Give some time to what you're hearing because it will build a confidence in you. And you will suddenly be positioned to do what you said was impossible just a minute ago. He, He said, I believe. Help my weakness of faith. Build the confidence I got. Help me. I'm missing some chunks of the word. Give me some more. Look at verse 25. When Jesus noticed a crowd was coming, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him. Never go into him again. Everybody say, never again. Look at verse 26. When God changes you, it ain't ever going to be the same again, right? And after giving a hoarse, clamoring, fear-stricken shriek of anguish and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy lay pale and motionless like a corpse that so many of them said, he is dead. There's many people, when God gets done with you, they're going to look at you and say, he's dead. It's over. They're going to write you off. That's a good thing. Look at verse 27. But Jesus took a strong grip of his hand. Jesus has a great grip. What other people said is dead and there ain't no life in it. Jesus took a strong grip and lifted him up. What other people said, there ain't no life left there. Now, that didn't, that didn't cause Jesus to lose his grip. Mm. I don't know about you, but just right there, I felt the Holy Ghost. When, when Jesus gets a hold of your life, everybody else might write you off. When Jesus says, I'm going to breathe life into your house, 
into your relationship. You might even say, there ain't a chance this sucker can live. But Jesus got a good grip. Everybody says, you're going under. But Jesus, he's going to have the last word. He's got a great grip. I said, he's got a great grip. And he, he got, you know what he's got a grip on? Your future. He's got a grip on your future. And I thank God that his grip on my future is stronger than my grip on my past. Because he's going to pull me into that thing. He's going to build my confidence so that I ain't standing on a little, on a little six inch by four inch platform. No, no, I got a, I got the word of God to build my life on. I said, I got the word of God. And there's some parts of it that frankly, I wish weren't in there. But they're there, and I'm going to live by his word. Why? Because he justified me. He loved me enough to save me. He caused Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin on my behalf, that through him I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So since that's the way it is, I'm going to live according to his word. And then there are some crazy great things that God has for our life. Okay, two minutes. This one scripture, if I can find it. I did this last night too. I, what was it? 15.7. 15.7. John 15.7. Check this out. If you abide in me, that, that word abide, it means to plug into and never disconnect. To set up residency and never move away. To take a stand, never backing down. If you stand on the word and not be moved, remember, Paul, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Did I say that in this service yet? None of these things move me. They told Paul, they're going to kill you if you go there. He said, they can't. Why? Because I ain't done what God told me to do yet. Hello? Hello? He said, none of these things move me. It don't bother me that they say they're going to kill me. I know that they can't kill me. Why can't they kill you? Because I haven't done what God told me to do yet. God didn't tell me to do that just so I could get killed. God told me to do that because he wanted me to do that. So I got to go there to do that. The fact that somebody in between here and there don't want me to go there, well, that's just, that makes really good sense, really, because great victory demands great battle. So I ain't worried about that because, and I think some of us are under the impression that if we do what God told us to do, then they could kill us, so we just won't do it. No, let's, let's get down what God said. Let's stand on that word. Let's, let's move in. Let's get some confidence in the word of God. If you abide in me, if you take up residency in my word, and my word gets a grip on you, if you get a grip on my word, my word gets a grip on you, you can ask anything, any desire, anything you want. Now, here's the deal, see, is you're going, well, I can't have anything I want. When God's word gets a grip on you, it's actually going to change you. So the stupid stuff that you might ask for right now, you won't even ask for then. Why? Because God's word has changed you from the inside out. The Bible says that you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, because you ask to consume it upon your own lust. But once God's word's got a hold of you, when the word of God gets a grip on you, that's dumb junk. You'll quit asking for that. You'll start asking God's will. He'll, he'll, he'll correct you. And now anything you ask will be done. 
You know what it says in the original? It says that whatsoever you desire, it says that it's actually a word that, that's tied to the word regenerate or to generate. It means to bring into being. In other words, he said, if you're living in me and my word's living in you, you might ask for something that don't exist. If it don't exist, I'll create it for you. As long as you don't back down. You, you, you know what you know what we call the building out there on the 10 acres that we just bought? Done. Let's call it done. You know what, you know what I call the money? The, the $100,000 that we're supposed to raise in the next 90 days, you know what I call it? 200 grand. Already got it. You know, several years ago, we already had this. Sometimes people go, are you excited about what God's doing? Well, obviously I am. Well, yeah, yeah, but did you see that? Yeah, but I saw that way back there. You know, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you're going to do some crazy stuff for the kingdom. And those little things have been trying to trip you up. You'll realize that that's just the wind blowing. That's just the tide changing. That's just the sun beating down, trying to get you to fall off that little tiny wobbly thing that you've been standing on. But if you start adding to it, what the enemy once had you teetering on the edge, you'll be dancing all over the place, demonstrating Satan's defeat on a daily basis, living a life that's absolutely humiliating to hell, rising up. And when you fall, you can get back up again because you didn't fall off, you fell on. Oh, you, you do get that, don't you? That if this is all you got and you fall, you get wet. But if this is what you got and you fall, you get up again. It don't make any difference if it's 300 feet down to the water. I can stay up here. When the wind blows, I just step back and reevaluate my foundation. Why? Because I got the whole thing. Not, not Jesus wept. Right? I got more than a t-shirt. I got the word of God living in me. And if you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power, the power to save your soul. It'll change the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. It'll change everything. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you're here. You really needed that. Amen. Come on, give God one more hand today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just bow your head and...